Welcome to The Woods. The Woods is a podcast for those leaving traditional religious beliefs in search of true connection and personal growth. You may be here because you've had to leave the village you've always known. Maybe you've stumbled upon us because you were searching for something bigger, something deeper, maybe something more real for you. The Woods is that place. It's here that we find ourselves, we wrestle with a scary world, and we realize it's okay when we don't have all the answers. I'm Lindsay Bacardo. And I'm Lauren Moffat. Together, we're going to set up camp with a warm fire to gather and build a community with others who are also finding their way to the woods. We're here to strengthen three things, our connection to our own self, our connection to others, and a higher purpose. We're going to talk about how to build healthy relationships and trust yourself when your thoughts on God and the afterlife are changing. Dun, dun, dun. Maybe you're deconstructing your own traditional beliefs and you don't know where to turn to process and stay safe. Come sit with us by our campfire. The topics that are off limits in the village are welcome here in the woods. We're glad you're here. We're here and we're... Queer? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> we're here and we're queer. Hey, everybody. Oh, good. We are so excited Morning, that afternoon, evening, 3 a.m. Yeah, we don't know you when know you're what? listening. If you're doing the dishes right now, you get those yes, dishes. Watch right. for the knives underneath the water, though. Yeah. Oh. Don't, you don't want me to tell a story. If you're walking your dog. That's happened to you? Maybe. Okay. If you're walking your dog, you know, I love that you pick up the poop, but you, know? you listen to this while you're walking. These are, by the way, these are very true. These are Lindsay These are literally rituals. when I listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I get through a good like two hours of podcasts a day. I know. You do. I love it. You do and love it. we wanted to start this podcast because we have left the village we've always known that we grew up with and we went off into the dark, scary woods and we actually found that the woods is awesome. Oh my gosh. It's like, you know, those lights that you see on like porches that are like red and green, yellow, like those Christmas little bulbs. Lights, <laughs> Christmas lights. <laughs> uh, yep. I've seen them. Yep. <laughs> I was thinking like twinkle lights, but that's what it's like. It's like, it's magical out there. There's like it, it can mm-hmm. feel dark, but there's this piece of like, I'm like out here in the wild. I'm doing it. I'm seeing it. They talked about these lights, but I'm actually seeing them. So are the lights in the woods? I'm Okay. We, I need you know to what? skip no, this, it's good. the it's good. lights analogy. Kevin, keep this in. We want this in. Okay. The lights are in the woods. There's no lights in the village. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh. It's really deep. Yeah. Okay. okay. So we, uh, our friends, basically, I want to say our fans, but honestly, it's like six friends, asked us <laughs> specifically <laughs> to talk about self-betrayal. Uh, yes. Which I think, it, you know, that word alone 10 years ago, I don't even think people knew what it was. It wasn't a thing yet. Well, or it was a we thing. We didn't know because we were yeah. in the village, right? right? People in the woods know. We didn't oh, know. Oh, yeah. And uh, we were thinking about, there's so many ways to talk about self-betrayal but we're talking about really when you're not honoring your own values, mm-hmm. when you're not honoring your own body, your own emotions, uh, maybe you feel like, I'm not allowed to do that. There's things I'm allowed to do. There's things I'm allowed to say, things I'm not allowed to say. I have to play within these lines yeah, in a relationship or in a context yeah. where you actually end up hurting yourself. Yeah, I think it's that feeling that most of us have, our intuition or, or that um, if somebody asks us to do something and we don't want to do it, and we know we don't want to do it, and why? And then we do it anyway. That would be a great example of self betrayal. Mm-hmm. On the simplest form, like I don't, I'm not supposed to have dairy in my coffee, but someone brings you the cup of coffee that you 
wanted and they put real milk in it. And you're like, I'm going to fart all day, but you know what? I feel bad. I feel bad. So I should drink it. Yeah. Oh, I do that often. I know. Is that why you're bringing this up? Okay, we'll talk about it later. (laughs) So when we used to live in the village, there were really strong rules, what you and I might call like theology or values or ideas and stories around what you were allowed to do, think, say, and what you were not allowed to do, right? Yeah, for sure. Very What's clear. an example of a rule that we both have broken or a rule for you that you, that you would you used to live and die by that now you're like, that's not actually a thing? I'm trying to think because there are so many. Mm-hmm. Well, I think... Do, do you have one in mind? I have several in oh, mind. I'm do. trying to decide which one I want to talk about. Well, I'm thinking I'm going back to like when I was in my 20s. Is that where you are? Yeah. Well, there was this idea when I would share the gospel with people when I was on staff with Crew, also known as Campus Crusade for Christ. What a name. What a name. Campus Bloodbath for Christ. Okay, going <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Okay. So, share the gospel. Yeah. There's four spiritual laws. The first one is that love God loves you and has a plan for your life. The second one is that man has basically sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Uh-huh. So there's this idea in Christianity, in fundamentalism particularly, but I would say it, it is part of Christian ethics or th- not ethics, um, theology, that man is born wicked. Oh, yes. So yes. you and I have both believed that at the end of the day, since the moment of conception, we were wicked. Sin has changed us and we cannot make good decisions on our own. Right. I mean, I think, you know, there are many scriptures around that. And so that was like bludgeoned. You can't trust yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) That I, that we can't trust ourselves, um, Mm -hmm. that, um, there has to be something external that governs our judgment. I need a King. Mm -hmm. I need laws or else I will be a mess. Yes. I will create, I, I will be in danger. Yeah. And um, I will pick something that is dangerous. And what ended up happening to both of us is that we said, okay, whatever you say, and we followed the rules. And then our insides died. Mm-hmm. Our own emotional well being died. We ended up in toxic relationships mm-hmm. because of that. Mm-hmm. And we're looking out in the woods now, talking about the village, thinking that was crazy that we really, we really followed those rules into the dark, like into our, to our own death in a sense, to our own decay, we were willing to do what other people told us. Even though in the moment, we'd both be like, ugh. Like I was just looking at my journal that's all tabbed up. Thanks, therapy. With stickers, I I don't know what, you know. Yeah, like 10 years, 2011. So this was like nine, 10 years ago-ish. I can't count. Eight, nine. Eight, yeah. Let me tell you my journal entry from 12, 10, 10. Oh, it's Christmas. Do not gratify sins of the flesh. It's underlined. Underlined exclamation pointed. (laughs) Lord, it feels like I do so much in this relationship. Here's all the things I'm doing. Help me be okay with his weaknesses. And and I just like go on and on about how I feel like this relationship ultimately is unbalanced and I'm unhappy. And then I'm mad at myself and I have to say, don't gratify the sins of the flesh. Like, you can't be upset that, that your partner isn't living up to your expectations. Yeah. Every, you you are being you're being a horrible wife right now. Yeah. It's interesting cuz everything that you're saying on there is very normal to say like this doesn't make me happy. That would be a very normal this human relationship. Thing. I feel like I'm pulling more weight than. Yeah. That's like a, it's a very normal thing. And yet we you know, we're taught to deny that. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, sorry, I, I had a lot of Christianese going on in my head <laughs> and I didn't want to go there <laughs> trying to stay away from it. Yeah. But yeah. in essence, like you, it's about like suffering and long suffering and deny yourself and, yes. you know, take care of the other. And maybe he needs something more than you do right now. And maybe you're that person. I mean, it's, there's so oh many other reasons gosh. outside of honoring yourself yep. in that specific journal entry, December 10th of 2010. <laughs> well, this is the big piece that we talked about is um, there's a lot of self-betrayal and ultimately self-sabotage, which kind of flow into one another yeah. because of that chief value of self-sacrifice. This mm -hmm. is a marker of a good Christian. Yes. That, you know, you have to be willing to fully give of yourself regardless of if it feels good or not. We were, and what's funny, we were just, um, we saw Glennon and Abby for the first time. Um, I think it was like a week or two ago. Glennon, Doyle, Melton, and Abby Wambach. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and, you know, Lindsay and I had talked about this podcast, and so she was talking about this idea of self-sacrifice. And she, it was, she's like, self-sacrifice. Like, the just the idea of that. Like, we do not matter. We do not exist. Yes, uh, and how that is celebrated, I can only I can think of so many people that um, I grew up being this little girl watching all of these women sacrifice themselves as people for the church, and mm -hmm. and it was celebrated, and they belonged. So it they was this were message. Yeah, they of, got pulled farther yes, into the flock because yes. they were like the heroes. Yes, and we're looking at that, and even um, who's the guy that I love? Oh, I'm putting you right on the spot. The Who's doctor, the, the oh, that, oh, Gabor. Yes, thank you. Yeah, good job, Gabor. I'm gonna have to grab his book. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure to uh, put this in the show notes. But he's a doctor who has watched women, particularly, do this over and over again, and then like die from disease because they've literally emptied themselves out so much that they've literally sacrificed their entire life over time. Yeah, for other people. Yeah, and the core of Christianity, which you know, again, we've said this before, but we, we are still figuring out our own beliefs and theology. Mm -hmm. And the core of Christianity is a king who sacrifices his life, mm -hmm. a Messiah who sacrifices his life mm -hmm. on behalf of others so that we can have a relationship with God. And so it makes sense that mm -hmm. when you live in the village, self-sacrifice, mm -hmm. you're trying to be like Jesus. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you and I would, we see that story through a different lens now. It's more about power. It's mm -hmm. about who has power. It's about earthly power. It's about not being controlled by man and fear of death, but that's really much more interesting than this mm -hmm. version. But uh, we'll stay here. We're going to stay here. Just kidding. Um, but that, you know, that story that you're, you know, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You're wicked. You need him to rescue you. And then the best thing you can do is give up your life for other people. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is so, has taken me so long to process out of my life. I think it's probably it, still in my life. I'm sure. It's interesting because I have this 14-year-old who has a very, um, I don't know what I would call that, but she just hasn't been in church as much as I was mm -hmm. as a kid. We have mm -hmm. very different childhood experiences. And she has such an interesting thing. She she calls that like puppeteering. She's really? like, I'm not like this puppet. I want to have my own choice and I have my own desires and thoughts and things I want to do. And I feel like if I'm a Christian, I have to deny all of that. She's right. Yeah. Gosh. She, why 14. Isn't she on this podcast. Yeah. You can have it. <laughs> no. That's, yeah. I can. Now, when you were growing up, oh, what were we going to say? 
Were you going to say something? Uh, well, I was, but I don't remember. So okay. keep going. So when you were growing up and you would see this unfold where you didn't trust yourself, right? I think one of the things that we talked about was that how hard it was to make decisions because we couldn't even, we both couldn't even, we didn't really know what we wanted because if you s deny yourself or if you betray yourself long enough, you actually lose like the vibration of desire. Yeah. You just forget, you don't even know, like, how do I make a good decision? So you had, you had talked a little bit about that. Yeah. I think for me, so I was sitting at like at a leadership round table a few years ago and yeah. there were like 10 of us in the room and, um, I was still very like knee deep in uh, Christian theology and fun, I would say fundamental Christianity, um, trying to come out of it. And I remember so many people being able to say like, I don't want to do this. I like this. Uh, I'm best at this. And I'm like, how do they know that? Like, it was like a how magic they know trick. themselves? Yes. And I think at that point, I'm like, I don't know myself at all. How do they know that? That's interesting because that isn't, I think the Enneagram has helped American Christianity look, allow yeah. people to look at themselves as individuals. Yeah. So for but me, yeah. it was this awareness of like, um, not only do I uh, not know where I want to go in my career, BT dubs, but I also don't know, you know, I didn't know what I wanted, which I think is a really hard question. I was constantly looking outward for guidance versus looking inward. Mm -hmm. So I didn't trust myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that overall, like the the message that that took in for myself over mm -hmm. time was that, you know, I wasn't important, I didn't matter, and that I was too weak to be able to do mm. those types of, like mm -hmm. to be able to think about that and do that. Yeah. What, that, about, what about you? Well, I'm thinking about, as you're talking about that, I'm thinking when I left college, I went right into ministry which was such a mixed bag because they did want me to develop and grow my skills. So I'd be kind of like a sharper tool for the sake of the gospel. Sure. And I would often be asked to do things that I did not want to do. Not like in a job where you're like, oh, I don't want to do emails. And we're like, dude, everybody has to answer. It's like I would take on leadership positions. I remember even when I first got to ministry, I had to raise my money to, to work in ministry. Right. So I told right. everybody, hey, once I get there, this is what I'm going to be doing. And, and I had been told this is going to be your role. And I got there and they changed the role on me like three days before I actually landed in Indy. It was like, hey, you're not going to be doing exactly what we said. We said you were going to do this, but it's going to be more like this. Oh, gosh. And I remember being like, you tricked me. Yeah. You know that you tricked me. Yeah. And now. And, mm -hmm. and then it took me like a couple years because the person that had had these conversations with me was conscious that they were doing this. But mm -hmm. then when I pushed back, I swear the thing out of their mouth was, well, I thought you were here to serve the Lord. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you lied to me. Mm -hmm. Like that still counts. Your sin against me isn't negated by my willingness oh, to do ministry. That's so, so wrapped in shame and such mm -hmm. a trump card. Yeah. So I, Ugh. and then I had to do that role. And the whole time I did that role, I was bitter. I was angry. Yeah. I gained a lot of weight because I was so mad, you know? Oh. So I'm just like coping yeah, and not taking care of my you. body. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. It was really bad. And, and then I worked through that and I eventually got to do the thing I actually came to do. But it was really um, one of those times where it's like, I didn't even have the freedom to say, hey, I'm not doing this. You wedged me into a corner and lied. I'm out. Well, you, you know, you had the freedom of a man. You weren't going to belong like mm -hmm. shamed. I mean, if you would have said that's, this is dishonest, blah, blah, blah. I mean, what would have happened to I you mean, in the village? I was shamed. That's right. Even right. when I called them out on it. Right. 
took yeah and then it was like well you know at some point Lindsay, you've got to be forgiving about this and part of me is like you're asking for more than forgiveness you're asking for me to completely forget what you put me through you know which is totally different well, and there's typically in those types of scenarios, both people are taking some sense of ownership about their choice or what happened because there's mm-hmm. no way that they were like, you know what, we're just going to trick Lindsay and give her the first job description, but not the second. They're, they missed something. They missed the ball yeah. and yeah. then made it about God. Yes, I'm that's a good way to say it. I'm completely speculating, but, <laughs> but you're exactly dead on. <laughs> So this happens, and I bet I, I really want to hear people's stories too. If you're not in the Woods Facebook group, you should join the Facebook group because we want to hear your stories. Love that. Of when you've betrayed yourself for the sake of others, for the sake of God, and you really paid for it. So what about in the woods though? When we we live in the village, we grew up in the village, we learned that self-betrayal, denying yourself was a good thing. And then you get to the woods and that message of like, deny yourself. Don't, um, you know, what don't follow your heart. Don't follow your gut. You know, it's good for you to do what other people tell you to do. What happens if you do that in the woods? Everybody knows that you don't have those and they take advantage of that. You get eaten alive. (laughs) If you want to be eaten alive by the lions in the woods, don't have boundaries. Yep. That is part of like the village keeps you kind of innocent in a sense and like protect quote unquote, not truly protected, but you lack self-awareness sometimes and then but you're also protected by this set of values where in the woods if you don't know who you are you feel the edge of that you do when you're in the woods you feel the edge of uh, if i don't have if i don't find water if i don't find food i'm not going to make it it's it's black and white yeah and then if you if you say yes to something you don't want to do in the woods nobody applauds you they think you're an idiot mm-hmm. yeah there's a definite um there's a difference a a different set of values in the woods around knowing who you are, uh, believing who you are, like believing in who you are, becoming who you are. So this self-awareness is really celebrated in the woods because if you're not aware, no one else else, no one else will be aware for you. Yep. That's so true. Can you think, can you think of a story of a time where you showed yourself awareness in the woods or maybe where you didn't? I can, I can think of one for me. Okay. I was, I was uh, partnering with a company as a coach and I did some work with them and I really love the company to this day. I love the company. And um, the owner came up to me and said, Hey, would you be willing to, we have a full-time role. We'd love for you to be, we'd love for you to be an employee here and leave your kind of, you know, solopreneurship, but come work for us. And I said, let me see the job description. And he handed me the job description and I went home with it and I took I took a pen and circled all the things that I suck at. And I brought it back to him and I was like, hey, eight out of 10 of these things I literally cannot do for you. I'm not the person for you and I don't even want to do it. Mm. So I'm happy to help you find somebody to fill this role, but I'm not that person. And it built so much trust with him. The next time we came around every three or four months, he's like, hey, I want you to do exactly what you love doing inside of the company Mm. instead as a coach, like not as a full-time employee, but as a contractor. So it was like, wait a second, if I stand up for myself... And if I'm able to clearly articulate, hey, I don't even want to do these things or these things don't make sense to me or this isn't a good fit for me, people end up building trust with you. That's so cool. I I think that's when you were talking. I'm like, when people know that you know your edges, 
they are much more likely to feel safer with you and to draw closer with you. Like Mm -hmm. she knows what she wants and what she doesn't want. I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to think about that. And you're going to let me know that that's not going to work. I mean, I think that's a big part of our relationship too. That's why I love being with you in relationship. Oh, yours and mine. Yeah. Yeah. You're dating me. You're stuck with me. (laughs) Because, you know, we can say that's part of being outside of heteronormativity too. That's true. You get to be exactly you. And there's not rules of like, well, aren't you going to open the door for me? Or do the dishes because you're a lady. Yeah. None of those rules. I totally want to make a joke about how I'm horrible at doing dishes. But yeah, we both are are actually. It's not our thing. Yeah. It's just not our thing. But or like cooking or grocery shopping. I was thinking even like opening the car door. Yeah, or like, like if you can't open a can last night, what well, couldn't you open? Oh, the, oh a can the of fig. fig jam. Yeah. We made our own charcuterie board. <laughs> and uh, I, I, we bought it I'm from so Fresh wacky. Time. <laughs> it, was, it was a <laughs> thing of olives and figs, so I take it back. <laughs> but like you can't open a jar, you hand it to me, I open it. Vice yep. versa happens all the time. Totally. So yeah. there's like for us... I'm like on a tangent about how great it is to date you. How do oh, I come back to no the Because there's no norms. We get to we choose. Get to, yeah. So we're choosing all of that. And yeah. no one is really telling us what those things are. That's yeah. what we love in the village. But that also means that, or that's what we love in the woods. Oh my gosh. Oh God. Uh, you can't be we the village. Be the gay. whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to make our own gay village. <laughs> um, I was which go will recreate all these problems again. <laughs> okay. Oh, but when you have, when you live in the woods, you have to decide right? For yourself, where your edges are. Mm-hmm. And then then you have much more authentic relationships mm-hmm. because the person that's with you is choosing to truly be with you, mm-hmm. not the version of Lauren that is trying to be a Christian woman. Mm-hmm. I'm just with you because I love you, mm-hmm. quirks, everything and all. Mm-hmm. And obviously you love me so much too. I do love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> but that's part of it is like we're learning to be ourselves and not betray ourselves even to each other. Yeah, it's really wild to have no guidelines um, and to be deeply grounded in who we are mm-hmm. and to be in relationship because you touch so many pieces. I'm sorry. I say the word touch <laughs> too many times in our I relationship. touch so many pieces. <laughs> Guys. This is not the first no. time, and I'm, I'm sorry that the audience is in on this now. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, we because we are involved in each other's businesses, <laughs> I am not doing well. One time Lauren said to me, Lindsay, I know what I need to do. I need to touch myself. She meant, like, get in touch with myself. I have never. And we were that friends at the so, time, I, and I just looked I, at her like, "Don't paused, think about her like that." I paused, and I was like, "Did she? Did she hear that? Did she know?" And then we just lost it. It was so funny. So, what was your actual point, darling? Like for our relationship, mm-hmm. because you see so many other facets of someone, and mm-hmm. so there are many more edges. Like when you think of a prism, when you're in relationship with each other, I well, see. We see. We we see holistically I know all, yes all edges and we have conversations about like stuff to do at home and how we travel somewhere and uh, what we want to do with our business and how you know we would parent someday all those things so you're constantly feeling each other's edges it's, mm-hmm. and so you it gives such safety to me to know that you've thought about this yeah that you take responsibility for your edges and that if we bump into each other, that we talk about what that looks like and what feels better. You know what I mean? Which we've done. Right. Yeah. Well, I think about that too. 
um, betrayal, like self betrayal in the woods, you call me on it when I'm about to betray myself with business decisions. Mm -hmm. Like you'll be like, dude, why are you doing that? Mm -hmm. That just happened. Yeah. Like, why are you doing that? And I'm like, well, I just, I don't want to be, and you're, Hey, I know that's not what you actually want to do based on everything else we've talked about. So, so I think there's something really cool too. And any, this can happen totally in like friendships too. You don't have to be dating the person, but having people that support your own um, boundaries. So I don't, cause sometimes I don't, I still go on autopilot and do things out of obligation. We talk at um, Barb Heen and my coach, my coach who trained me used to say that I was, I had a lot of religious fog in my life. Mm. Religious fog is fear, mm. F, obligation, mm-hmm. O, and guilt. Mm-hmm. So fear, obligation, and guilt. Mm-hmm. We're really running my decision-making mm-hmm. process. Like my decision-making machine was okay. like, didn't even consider how I felt about something. Oh, that's so good. That's like the precursor. Mm-hmm. That's so good. So learning in, the only time I was writing this down that I tend to fall back into self-betrayal outside of the church is when I'm afraid. When I'm afraid that I'm losing a relationship or I'm afraid I won't make enough money, I might betray myself to Could it be even make somebody else happy. This is just a question too, and I'm wondering if our listeners could identify. But even when maybe you get past like the the edge of yourself, like mm-hmm. as far as you've grown before, and then you're taking this next step towards something else. So then fear would come in. That would make yeah. sense. So it's such a positive thing. And at the same time, you know, it's like this search for it because it's the unknown, this search for stability or consistency that you think is there. Like yeah. guidelines give that. Yeah. So it's like, I just want somebody else to tell me what the right thing yeah. to do is. But in our types of business, should I fly to uh, California for a single talk and come back? Should I work for this company for free as a donation? Should I, all these decisions I have to make mm. and there are no rules and everybody's job is actually like that. If you think about like, how do you not betray yourself at work? That's probably like a separate podcast completely, but how do I really take care of my primary relationship, which is me with myself in when it comes down to employment, uh, deep relationships, yeah, my, whatever system of faith I have in my life at the time. Well, and I think the deeper truth there is, okay, let's say you do make a decision to go to California and it didn't work well, or you came back jet lagged or whatever you want to call it. You know, it's a big, time difference. But ultimately in the woods, it's this idea of, I trust myself and I trust my own resources and abilities to be able to either adjust or acknowledge or Mm -hmm. whatever it is, like you still have such confidence in yourself to be able to move through that. I think really part of what we're saying is that being in the woods, there's, there's a progression that we both have had to go through to trust ourselves, mm-hmm. to, to trust our inner voice again. Mm-hmm. It got really dimmed out so that we can f- um, follow what's best for us, which is really what it means, you know. But it's the opposite of self-betrayal, following what, like, you know is best for you, making up your rules for life, making up your boundaries. Yeah. That it, takes time. It does take you time. You can't leave the village you can't leave everything you've known and figure that out immediately. I would say it takes like five years. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say at least three. Yeah. Yeah. Three to five years. So if we have people that are listening that are trying to figure out like, wait, I betray my, I say yes all the time. I'm in fear. I'm in religious fog. 
fear mm-hmm. obligation guilt all the time. How do I get out of it? We and talked about fog can be even outside of the religious community. Be too. Oh, it, oh, you can have fog in the woods too. Yeah. We talked about mm-hmm. a couple different resources. Like, yep. What's a couple things that somebody can do if, if as they're listening, they're like, wait, that is like my MO. That is my life. Yeah. So um, obviously I think we fully support having a coach and or a therapist during this process because someone mm-hmm. trusted that um, believes the best in you and assumes positive intent mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. are such good resources to ha- yeah. to be a partner with you in the journey. So I would say that. And then we um, really love this book called Leaving the Fold. It's by Marlene Winnell. I think that's her last name. And it's just a great guide to understand those pieces that Lindsay and I are talking about. Yes. Begin to kind of prick and help you assess, you know, where am I in this phase and what do I think about that? And then um, I love, you know, Instagram, the holistic psychologist, just her own um, really easy ideas around self-betrayal. She has a ton about self-care what that looks like yep. how do you know if you're betraying What's yourself healthy. Mm-hmm. because what happens if you ultimately keep betraying yourself is you sabotage your own life you right. end up imploding right and making decisions you could never imagine making which we both have done oh where it's yeah. like horrific like oh my gosh i did that it comes out sideways it always comes out sideways if you don't meet your own needs yep it will so the other piece that we talked about which i love is journaling because i'm looking back journaling is really for your future self mm-hmm. it, you know, and to, to, to practice total integrity and honesty, because Mm -hmm. there's things in this journal, even 10 years ago when I was deep in religious fog that now I can read this and be like, Oh, I can see where my mind was. It's, it's a gift. It is such a gift and understand that and And, patterns. Yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and to practice being truly honest with yourself somewhere. Right. Cause we were talking about that and you can feel if you start to write something that you think you should write, like it's like really good and true. Yeah. You get that internal strengthening mm-hmm. yeah and the opposite if it's not mm-hmm. i want to hear stories of how people have learned to trust themselves and not betray themselves Me too. as they are maybe you're in the village maybe you're halfway out of the village maybe you're in the woods you can practice this anywhere you don't have to leave the village to no. practice self-care and re- trusting your own instinct you just are going to be pushing against the mass kind of thinking pattern norm yeah mm-hmm I love this lens. I'm so glad that we talked about it. I think we're smack dab in this journey, Mm -hmm. you know, for ourselves too. And so I'm excited to hear what, what our listeners have to share. Me too. Thanks for joining us. In the woods. In the woods.